Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Stack Overflow podcast, a place to talk all things software and technology. I am Ben Popper, the director of content here at Stack Overflow, joined as I often am by my colleague and collaborator, Ryan Donovan. Hi, Ryan. Hey, Ben. What's going on? Today, we're going to be talking about something near and dear to my heart. I got my start in the world of technology as a beat reporter at the New York Observer back in 2010. And I remember the South by Southwest where everybody started using Foursquare to figure out where to go. I became a pretty heavy Foursquare user. I have a very popular map of Silicon Alley with like all the places you should go check out or a guide that I created. And I continue to use Foursquare even today when I traveled around. I recently went to New Mexico, see what's happening in a certain city or where I should eat or things like that. So today we're lucky to have Vin Sharma, who is the VP of Engineering at Foursquare, joining us for a sponsored episode to talk about what they are building these days. Vin, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's great to be here, Ben. So before we dive into what's happening at Foursquare and what you're working on, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, What was your journey into the world of software and technology, and what brought you to the place you are today? It's been a, a long and winding road. I really have worked in a number of different areas over the past 25 years or so, but most of them have to do with being able to build platforms that deal with data at scale. I began my career in the early days at a company that built trusted operating systems. And then at Hewlett Packard, we built a business around internet security and system security. And I continued to work there for a number of years until the advent and use of Linux as an operating system in cloud computing and big data stacks towards the early 2000s. I then worked at Intel on building and driving a big data strategy, including a distribution of Hadoop that we delivered to enterprise customers with lots of modifications for security and enhancements to, to support those. And then I worked at AWS on AI uh, in the AI organization, specifically focusing on deep learning and building deep learning frameworks and systems for building and training machine learning models at scale on the AWS cloud infrastructure. And my most recent role at Foursquare really is in many ways ties all of these themes together. The, the intent for us is to be able to take the entire planetary scale geolocation <laughs> data, if you will, and to be able to extract some meaning and patterns from that and set of relationships from that data. And so we're really excited about being able to bring some real interesting insights to our customers. Very cool. Ben's a longtime user of uh, Foursquare, but um, I never got in the, the, the craze. Can you give us an overview of where Foursquare came from, where it's going, what y'all are doing these days? Yeah, Foursquare is the leading location technology platform. And what we mean by that is that it's been always a company that was founded on the insight that where people are and where they have been is a valuable source of information for not only themselves, but also others, perhaps like them or perhaps not like them, but still useful information. And then as you kind of look at this in aggregate at scale, that that information becomes particularly important for us as uh, for organizations that want to understand the movement of people 
across places over you know space and time. So Foursquare started as many of your listeners would know as an app company that built the Foursquare app, and it would you know based on where you checked in to a particular place, be able to tell you what other places were nearby, whether where your friends were, and to be able to relate uh, more broadly with your social network, but now in many ways grounded in the place in which that they were situated. And since then, it's evolved over the years to take advantage of that capability. Fundamentally, if you imagine that what was once an app company that provided these insights to the individual users of the app has now grown and scaled that to provide the same type of insights into the value of a place to enterprises and organizations that want to build businesses and make decisions at a larger scale with the right. same type of insight. So, you know, you, not only do you want to know where you have been and where your friends are, but if you imagine that at a larger scale, you might want to know what the neighborhood is like of a place that you want to buy or a place that you want to rent, or you might want to know where to actually locate your new store based on the type of people that would walk past it, you know, if you were to pick a particular location. That's very cool. So how do you provide that data to businesses and enterprises? You know, they want to have a pop-up shop, exactly like you said, they need to know where the right foot traffic is, or they're deciding their approach to hybrid work, and they need to understand, you know, the transit of employees and whether or not they should keep a certain office. How do you provide what is clearly really valuable data while also respecting, obviously, you know, user privacy and making sure people feel like, you know, the signals that you're collecting from them and giving out are ones that they feel, you know, they feel comfortable sharing? That's a really good question. And let me kind of address it in, in parts and tackle each one. So the first one is, is about how we deliver the data. We've always kind of provided two forms of access to the data. One is through APIs that allow, you know, first, the, there's the app itself and the fact that you interact with the app. But the data that is aggregated at scale is something that we can deliver both through APIs that allow you the ability to search in that data store, look for specific attributes about a place, and you can then use that API in your own applications to then surface this in the map or in any other form of interaction and engagement that your app provides to your users. The ability to then bring that geolocation context of the individual or you know the place that you're searching for, right? So there's a place search and an API that drives it, and the endpoint then delivers the result of the information that you want about that particular place as part of your application. So if, for example, you're in Uber as we have as a customer of ours, um, and you wanted to set your pickup location, not as a particular address, but say as Joe's Pizza Place. And so you wanna be (laughs) able to tell the driver where Joe's Pizza Place is. And so that being able to, to map the the point of interest to a particular latitude, longitude, or geolocation coordinates to help the driver find you and locate you mm. is part of how we would deliver the data specifically for that point of interest uh, through the application of our partner and our customer. Now, the second way is essentially through an aggregated data set. And in this case, if you imagine data products as or data sets as products, then we deliver data products to our enterprise customers. And those take the form of highly normalized, standardized, 
harmonized in some sense with all of the inputs of data points that we get from all of our customers and our users. And so those data sets or data products are what we deliver through you know, standard data store mechanisms. So you can get them through the Amazon Data Exchange or on Snowflake or your own custom you know, Dropbox of some kind. I thought it was, it was really interesting. When we were talking about this before, you were talking about kind of finding the data primitives of your data set. You know, most developers, when they hear data primitive, they think like integers, floats, like the stuff that all programming is built on. Can you tell us a little bit about how you're finding those data primitives uh, within your data? It's a, it's a really good question. We, when you look at the way that we're, when I talked about being able to synthesize, harmonize, and sort of normalize all of the data points that we're getting from multiple sources, individuals that are traveling to various places and visiting them and checking in, or even third-party data that we acquire through partnerships and other app developers. All of this is, in many ways, there's attributes and elements of the data that are you know, if you break down the larger data set, the data product that we have been delivering, it would include for any given point of interest, if you pick a place, it has certainly latitude and longitude. Um, if it were a restaurant, then you would want to know, you know, what are the hours of whether it's open or closed. You know, COVID's been ravaging the landscape of businesses for the past few years, and a number mm. of businesses have scaled back their hours and times of operation or just even gone out of business. Others have now started to reemerge from, from that experience and built new locations and started them. So you want to know where whether the business is actually open and what hours of operation it has. You want to know whether it serves a certain, if it's a restaurant, is it a fast food chain? And is it one of those stores? And does it have you know, certain, what are the types of food that it serves and whether it's vegan or not? And these are all attributes and fields of information about a point. And we have almost 70 such rich attributes, including photos and tips and reviews and all of these information, data points. Now, imagine that we get these from multiple sources, synthesize them and aggregate them, and we deliver them as a data set. But if you as a customer wanted to filter by a certain type of restaurant in a certain geography, let's say you only wanted to know all the grocery stores that are open 24-7 in your neighborhood in New York, and you wanted to look for that so you can go get yourself you know, the milk that you ran out of in the fridge just at 10 p.m. that night. So you want to be able to look for and search for that specific type of place that you're looking for. You want essentially the ability to identify a place and extract it based on those individual attributes. And we're starting to think of those as the fundamental building blocks of a place. So if you imagine that there's a set of attributes, much like you mentioned, whether it's an integer or float or data type, and you have strongly typed structures that allow your data to be interrogated in a very meaningful way, we see places and visits or interactions with the places in the same way. And we're starting to decompose or deconstruct those building blocks into their fundamental units. And then what that means is you can, as customers of our data, you can put back these, you can recompose them. And so it's a fundamental software design principle of taking something that's monolithic and breaking it up into its micro constituents, microservices, and then recomposing them much more flexibly and having the agility to do this at pace at scale. And that's what we're doing with this 
vast amount of data about venues and visits. So you mentioned Uber before as an example. Are there other you know interesting examples you can give us during your tenure that you've seen some of the cool apps that people are building? And as you put it, the way they're using these different constituent data types, which can be very flexible to perhaps their industry or use case? Absolutely. So what, one of the things that I'm very, very excited about is just this idea that if you imagine Foursquare itself as an entire organization that has like a corporate API, if you will, it is as if we as a company receive as input a location in some form and the identity of a location, whether it's a latitude or longitude coordinates or the name of a place. And our response as an organization is to give you a much wider, richer array of information about what you asked us. And in that process, ultimately, as a business or an organization, one of the chief benefits of this is that you get to get a sense of the economic value of that location. So a lot of the use cases that I've come across and we're working with our customers about in some form or fashion translate to identifying that economic value of a physical location. And what that means for a business like Nextdoor, for example, is that they have an app that allows customers to engage with their communities and the neighborhoods in which they live. There are small, medium-sized businesses in those communities, you know, professional service providers like dry cleaners or, you know, your local grocery store. And in that store, if you imagine the owner of that business to take ownership for that business so they can attract the people in that community and serve the local community better, then they use the location data that we provide. Nextdoor uses the location data that we provide to drive that greater engagement with the local business owner that takes ownership for that place in that local community and start to fill in that information. So that's one. But if you then look at sort of broader scaling this notion of economic value of physical location a little bit broader, a company like Redfin, that is a leader in the real estate brokerage business, would use our data and uses our data today to drive a greater engagement with their application. If you imagine that Redfin users more often than not make purchasing decisions based on the na- nature of the home in the neighborhood, they aren't just looking at whether it's a three-bedroom, two-bath, an apartment in New York City and Manhattan, but they're also looking at what does the neighborhood feel like? You know, Let's say we know that 30% of the people that buy a house are looking to actually buy it in a place that they don't live, so they're looking to relocate. There's a fair bit of migration and movement within the United States. And so if you're looking for you know, Ryan, if you're looking to, if you were looking to buy a vacation home in Arizona, uh, you'd want to know everything about the neighborhood without even perhaps visiting it and buying the flight ticket for it. So you'd want to look through the Redfin application and look at the neighborhood and look at the schools and look at the walking scores of the, you know, whether it's a, a pet-friendly walking you know, neighborhood, right? So, so these are all attributes that you're extracting from Foursquare Places data that's being filtered and surfaced through the Redfin application. And so this is another use case where clearly that's of value. And then ultimately, one of the things that I'm really excited about is just with new businesses emerging after COVID, we are seeing a lot of market expansion for large retail stores, whether it's grocery stores or fast food restaurants or coffee cafes that want to set up and open their doors to people that are traveling now 
and walking around and, and, and coming in. Being able to do that based on now real world instrumentation of the physical world, if you will, not mm-hmm. just sort of, hey, it would be nice to have a, a new cafe at the corner of 5th and 12th or something like that, but rather just to be able to say that, you know, this is where we see a lot of young you know, driven professionals that want to be fueled by coffee at between eight <laughs> and twelve people you know, uh, on, right. on Monday through Friday, and that's where we should have our coffee. You know, coffee place uh, seems like a very logical thing to do. So I'm seeing a lot of those use cases, particularly with Yum brands that own KFC and Taco Bell today. They've been using this to do the site selection. Is kind of how we see it, or suitability analysis is another term that you would see used in this industry. So you mentioned breaking things into their constituent parts and reinstrumentation. Is there a uh, tech upgrade shift going along with this sort of reimagining of the data? What we're looking to do is make these primitives now more data primitives, more readily and easily accessible through APIs. What we're starting to do is build the ability to, through APIs, access and search by say, category or sub-subcategory and extract mm-hmm. this information and kind of create your own data cube, if you will, of all of the attributes that are of interest to you. Mm-hmm. So we, we're definitely doing that. In addition to those developer, application developer-oriented APIs, we're also addressing the needs of data scientists and data analysts that would typically start by exploring the data at scale. And one of the best ways to do this is visual interfaces. So we have recently, through the integration of the Unfolded Studio visual analytics tool with the Foursquare data. So we acquired Unfolded as a company and integrated it into Foursquare. And with it, brought in the studio capability that lets you do large-scale data visualization and mapping. So geographical information data sets visualized through a very high-performance GPU-accelerated browser in native visualization interface. What that means is that as a data scientist and a data analyst, now you can look at all of these places and the visits to places and the movement of people across the geography at multiple scales, not just at the continental scale, but zoom in down to one square kilometer and look at these Mm. points of interest visually and explore it. And you can now look for clusters and patterns and those movements and obviously see, even without a map as the baseline for it, you can start to see the roads along which people travel because there's those data points of the GPS pings as they travel along the road and they form a line and there's a contiguous line as you, as you detect this movement. So these are things that would allow a data scientist and a data analyst to much more quickly identify some places in the data that they can build a model around and start to do more deeper investigation and predictive modeling. So these are things that we are very excited about bringing to our customers. So the access patterns are, you know, yes, you can continue to get the flat files and download them and work with it yourself, but you can also use APIs to interrogate this data and extract rich patterns through the APIs. Or if you're a data analyst or data scientist, you can explore it visually and build a hypothesis that lets you create more predictive models. The idea of all that visualization is very attractive to me. I could see that being something that I would like. If you could just 
anonymize that and sell it to me and like something I could put on my desk and just watch the flows of people through a city. I think that would be very cool. Well, you can sign up to it today. It is in fact an online resource. You go to startwithfoursquare.com and come to the site and you'll see references to Foursquare Studio and you can log in and there's a free account that lets you bring your map, bring your data and visualize it through the studio. And yes, you can stay to get additional features and connectors that let you access this at large scale and enterprises can take advantage of it. Okay. So it's on me now to build my own screensaver. Fair play. Fair play to you. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, that, that that's kind of maybe takes us to a great final question, which is for folks who are interested after listening to this, you know, you mentioned where they can get started. Are there other areas that you would recommend if people want to learn about this or, you know, they have a business that they think might, you know, benefit from this, but they're not quite sure how to tap into it. What are some good starting places or some future use cases that you're excited about? I definitely would encourage businesses, organizations that want to first take ownership for the businesses, for their online presence and their physical location together by going to the foursquare.com site and being able to look at you know their particular business and edit it or provide additional information. So that's a place to start. For developers that want to build mobile applications, we offer an SDK that lets you you know, search and, as I, as I mentioned, extract information about specific places that you can then deliver through your app and drive engagement. And for enterprises and organizations that want data at scale, we have, as I mentioned, the APIs, the studio interface, and the ability, as well as the ability to get data, all of which you can get a very rich sense of both what's available and what you can do with Foursquare.com. So I would begin there. We're really eager to work with enterprises in particular that are looking at the site suitability analysis and site selection as a problem. And just fundamentally, I think this just this idea of being able to extract and identify patterns and relationships in the movements of people at aggregate scale in a privacy-preserving way is something that I'm particularly excited about because, again, I've noticed that the potential for using that geolocation, geocorporation, geospatial context in order to make business decisions just improves the quality of the business decision in every customer interaction. All right, everybody, it is that time of the show. I want to shout out a community member who came on and helped us spread some knowledge. Today, we have a lifeboat for Rohit Nambir. Visual Studio is not installed, but this is necessary for Windows development. Yikes. Sounds like a thorny problem, but somebody has an answer to help them out. And they've also helped out 45,000 other people along the way. So thank you for contributing some knowledge to the Stack Overflow community and helping folks debug and get on with their work. I am Ben Popper. I'm the director of content here at Stack Overflow. You can always find me at Ben Popper on Twitter. You can always email us, podcast at Stack Overflow with questions or suggestions. And if you like what you hear, leave us a rating and a review. It really helps. I'm Ryan Donovan. I edit the Stack Overflow blog. You can find it at stackoverflow.blog. And if you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at Arthur Donovan. Vin Sharma, VP of Engineering at Foursquare. I have a Twitter handle, Cypher, C-I-P-H-R. Uh, you can reach me anytime. And for more information about Foursquare, start with foursquare.com. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you soon.